0: Have you ever felt like you were taken for a ride when buying, selling, or repairing your car? Well, not anymore. I'm Jay. And I'm Dave. And this is the podcast that tells you what to watch out for, whether you're buying, selling, or
1: repairing your car.
0: With 47 years of automotive experience, we are the automotive authorities. This podcast is sponsored by iAutoAgent. We're real estate agents for cars.
1: And Quality Auto STL, trusted services with no surprises.
0: Right, we are back, and I'll tell you this, you guys are in for a treat because <laughs> I love the, the faces. I know people can't necessarily see unless they're watching on YouTube, but you know we are going to hit a topic that is so, so important, and that's the maintenance topic. And we're going to talk about the maintenance when you're when you have your car so when you're getting so so you can prepare it to sell to get more money but even more importantly than that when you are going out and buying a car what is the maintenance uh the situation with the maintenance as far as what should people be doing to those the car um what are some of the things that you can tell like we're gonna let you know like things that you can tell like maybe a a car hasn't been maintained correctly. And I'm going to leave this to Dave because I'm going to sit back and learn and I will chime in a little bit here and there.
1: (laughs) Oh, well, I mean, when like my repair customers, if they bring me a vehicle and they want me to look it over or I'm looking to purchase a vehicle, I mean, the first thing that I, you know, literally do is, you know, pull the dipstick, pull the engine oil dipstick out. What does the oil look like? You know, Mm -hmm. is it full? Okay, you know, if I pull it out and it looks like it's got chocolate milk on it, it's probably got a blown head gasket. That's a good indication. But
0: wait, say I, that again. It has I chocolate it, milk. Yeah,
1: yeah, because when you mix oil and antifreeze, it literally looks like chocolate milk. Huh.
0: mm mm-hmm. Interesting. Okay. So
1: you want to make sure that the oil level is full. It's clean. It's at the. It's at the proper level. Um,
0: I did not know people- that.
1: Yeah, the other thing I look for is just if people have changed oil on a regular basis, you know there will not be any oil seepage or any of that around any of the gaskets, like the valve covers, the oil pan, uh, the timing cover, you know that kind of stuff. Um, a good way to check, look at a you look at a used car, or is I like to look at them when they're cold because then I can take the radiator cap off and doesn't shoot antifreeze all over. You know, and you just look. Fluid should look clean. You know, if you if, if the transmission's got a dipstick where you can check it, um, a lot of cars now don't have dipsticks. You got to have fancy tools to check transmission fluid and all, a lot of stuff. But if it does have a dipstick, you know it should look red and pink and 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 color. Um, you know, power steering fluid should be a clear color. You know, brake fluid should be a clear color. You know, you would definitely want to look over over the fluids because. If the fluids are clean, then, yeah, that's a good indication that, you know, they have been, uh, you know, taking care of that car. Um, You'd want to grab the hoses. If you can grab the upper hose, you know, it should be nice, stiff, and firm. It feels spongy. Well, then that hose needs to be replaced. You know, that's a good good indication. Um, You know, look at the belt. You know, look at the ribs of the belt. You know, is it cracked? You know if it's cracked well then you know it's gonna need to be
0: it's gonna need to where's be... the belt located Dave I don't mean to interrupt you no that's okay I mean it's think about this like that some of our audience may not know where all this stuff is like so sure.
1: yeah I gotta try to talk. I
0: know it's different in all the different vehicles but like where's the belt
1: yeah the belt's going to be on the front of the engine um and if it's a here's how here's how you did so if it's a transverse engine you know that means the engine sits sideways. A rear-wheel-drive vehicle. You know, you pop the hood, the belt's going to be right there, on the on the front of the hood. But if it's a transverse engine, it's going to be on the left or right of what I guess we'd call the engine bay when you when you when mm-hmm. you pop the hood. Uh, make sure you got a flashlight. Got a flashlight. But um, I mean, yeah, I mean, those are the things. Those are the things that you know I look for. You know, pop your. You know, get on your hands and knees and look underneath the car. Hey, does the bottom of the engine, does it look dry? If it looks dry, well, they've been, the oil has been changed on a regular basis. Um, the reason we have to change oil like we do is because gasoline is a solvent, okay? And none of these engines are 100% efficient. So when gasoline enters the engine, it actually gets past the piston rings, it gets down into what we call the oil sump, and it breaks down the oil, okay? So if, if you change oil on a regular basis, you know, those gaskets are actually made to work with good clean engine oil. But over time, as that gasoline breaks down that oil, you know, then that, that actually breaks down the oil and it's got a solvent oil mixture and that'll actually cause the gaskets to leak. Because like I said, on past episode, my girlfriend's got a 99 F-250 with a ton of miles on it. It's bone dry because the oil has been changed on a regular basis. Um, One thing I told people is all these newer cars have that oil life system. That I hate that. That is the worst thing these guys could have ever done, because the the mileage intervals always exceed that oil life. I mean, I have a night. I have a two thousand two Ford Ranger. I change my oil every at tops twenty five hundred miles. We cannot. I cannot stress this enough. You cannot change the oil enough. Just think about it. You know, like oil is. Uh, Shoot, my microphone dropped.
0: <laughs> no. Oil is like
1: our blood. You know, we work really good when blood flows through us pretty good. You know, if I grab my pinch my finger here and I blood can't circulate, well, we don't work too good. You know, the engine is the same way. It needs good, clean oil circulating through its system to operate. And uh, today's modern engines are ever more sensitive than oil changes to ever before. Most manufacturers have what we call a VVT engine, which stands for variable valve timing engine. So, just picture this picture a bicycle chain, okay? And then on the end of that gear, you know, you've got a big gear and you got a little gear, and there's a shaft, you know, that's bolted to that gear. Well, what these manufacturers do, they've been doing this for about 15 years now. It's to improve uh, fuel economy and efficiency and increase or decrease what we call valve overlap. So, what they do is they use, uh, the computer turns on a solenoid, and that solenoid will direct oil to a uh, the gear and it can actually rotate the camshaft independent of the gear.
0: Oh, you're this old, confusing me.
1: Yeah. And this all needs good, clean oil to function. Like my old Ford pickup, it ain't got none of this stuff on it. I can neglect that.
0: So Dave, like, are you saying that when the manufacturer says five to 10,000 miles between oil changes that we need to be a little bit more careful and instead of going like say that because they're they're saying synthetic oil they're saying partially synthetic i don't even understand any of that stuff yeah
1: um, i always put it i always tell people put in what the manufacturer recommends yeah with viscosity like my old fork but i have a 2002 Ford Ranger okay when it came out none of this technology was out on the market okay it just used regular old oil so that's what i use okay like i can use a synthetic in it you got to remember a synthetic oil is synthetic it's man-made it's not it done come from the ground you know it's man-made i'm sure i'm sure a portion of that is you know crude oil from from the ground but a synthetic oils are thinner okay than a than a conventional traditional oil so in my old, for pickup for example if i put a synthetic oil i'm actually putting a thinner oil in it that does not increase the mileage intervals i still have to change it every 3,000 miles, and that's because the engine wasn't designed to use a synthetic oil. It was designed when Ford manufactured it for a regular conventional oil. Now, I I stock Valvoline's uh, Max Life. It's their high mileage oil, so that's what I use in it, but on, like, my girlfriend, she's got a 2018 Kia Niro. It takes zero W20, which is a full synthetic. That Kia designed and engineered that engine to be used with the synthetic oil, so that's what you know, I'd want to, want to use. And that's what I, I do use. Um, as far as the mileage intervals goes, a lot of them, a lot of GMs are 7,500 miles. And when you go down that oil life towards 10%, I pull a dipstick. There's barely any oil on it. You know, so I tell people, you know, on those 5,000 miles, but people go by the oil life. And all that does is it keeps me employed mm. because I tell you most, most times when I've replaced an engine over the years, it's because the oil changes have been neglected. Now, some engines are just junk and you can't help it. Um, I could go, I, I could go on about that.
0: And some are yeah. about it. No, I mean, you've, <laughs> man, you you you're you have some incredible things. So when somebody is going to look at a vehicle, let's just talk about maybe some of the things they can look for. So the very first thing they're looking under the hood. That's the first thing they do. Then what do they do?
1: Um, if I was looking at a vehicle, you know, yeah, look under the hood check the tires, you know, mm. and actually take your hand and stick it in the ribs. You know, does it feel like it's got a lot of tread left? Okay. Another thing you can do is one of the best ways to tell if a vehicle has worn struts or shocks. Uh, mm. Struts and shocks are the same thing. They just mm-hmm. call two different names. But just run your hand, you know, on the tire. You know on the tire, so if this is the tire, just take and run your hand on it. Because if you feel little mountains or little bumps, that means the shocks and struts are worn. Because the shock of the strut all it does is it absorbs road vibrations, so when it can't do its job anymore and it's just you know bouncing up and down, it's going to chop up the tires. So that's a great way to tell, hey, this vehicle I'm looking at is it going to need you know shocks or struts? Now, I wouldn't call it necessarily a deal breaker because that's you know, if a car's got a hundred thousand miles on it, and of these and those are worn and it's original, that's normal wear and tear. That's not something I would that's not an indication, hey, the car's been, you know, abused or neglected because that's that's a common issue.
0: It's just gonna be a cost that they yeah, have. Yeah,
1: it's gonna be it's gonna be a it's gonna be a cost, absolutely, but I would consider that an expected cost when you're looking at a you know a 10-year-old car with with a hundred thousand miles on it. Yeah. Now if they don't need it, you know, that's a bonus. But, you know, typically that's when we're replacing struts and shocks.
0: How can someone check like the brakes? Like what would be a best best way to check the brakes? Because, I mean, that just seems like something that someone should be doing.
1: Yeah. Um, I mean, the I mean driving, Honestly,
0: they can take it to you and you can check yeah. it. Like if they're, you know, just doing a look over on the car from a maintenance standpoint.
1: Yeah, I mean, some of the vehicles, the wheels you can see in between, you could, check the pad thickness, but the reality of it, it's best to take it somewhere where the wheel can be, you know, safely removed and, and, and inspected. Um, you know, as far as brake goes, you're looking for at least four millimeters or more. We measure brakes in, in millimeters. Uh, that's a good thickness that, you know, if a brake's got four millimeters left, it's got, I'd say 30 to 40% pad life left. So depending on, on somebody drives, would be the length, the longevity of, of that. Um, you know, look look underneath the rear of the vehicle. Look at the exhaust. Does the exhaust look like it's about to fall off? You know, does it look all rusted? If the exhaust is, you know, is rusted, well, if there's rust in the exhaust, where else is there rust? You know, look at the wheel wells. Um, people can't hide and will try to hide, you know, rust. We call it cancer because once it starts, it's hard to stop it permanently yeah um just you know open up the doors you look on the bottom of the doors rust can build up there because believe it or not when it rains water actually goes into the door and there's drains on the bottom of the door to let the water run out
0: um one of the things to add that you know when you are under the hood you know everybody's always worried has this vehicle been in an accident one of the things that people uh, don't realize is that the manufacturer typically will put the VIN on every single panel on the car. So for instance, like if you open the hood and you look just to the right on the fender, you'll see Mm -hmm. a sticker. And if it's missing that VIN on one side and the other side has it, chances are that fender has been replaced and it's been hit. Um, because once again, you can't go by the history reports. Yeah. And when you were saying opening the door, it was kind of triggering me to say, look on that door and see yeah, if absolutely the original stickers are still there. Because if they're not, that means the door's been painted and some something has uh, happened to that door.
1: Well, it could have pop- been
0: just you know, it could have been just a scratch. Sure. But maybe it got hit by a train.
1: Yeah, we don't know. Um, you know, pop the hood and look underneath the hood. All manufacturers put stickers underneath the hood as far as, you know, the air conditioning, the, uh, the type of AC it has, the, the amount of refrigerant, the oil type, and they'll put the emission sticker. If you pop the hood and there's no stickers on the hood, well, that hood's been replaced.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That
1: means it was re. that's, that's a dead giveaway, or it doesn't have what we call a hood insulator. It's the foam underneath, you know, all cars have that and,
0: and they should also be testing like all the, all the things, you know, inside the car. I know we've gone a little bit away from the maintenance side, but I think it kind of goes hand in hand is if they are buying a car to make sure that all those, all those vehicles that they're looking at have had um, you know, you, you know what I'm trying to say, right?
1: Yeah. Another thing is if a car is about that five to six years old, look at the battery. Uh, most battery manufacturers will put stickers on them mm. that when they were made,
0: that's a good one.
1: Um, I've replaced one in my vehicle every five years, regardless. I, I don't, that's about the life of a battery is that way it's not going to leave me stranded. Um, like if you're like, if you pop, if you're working at I got a lot of GM experience. So if you pop the hood and it says EC Delco and it's in a black and gray label, that's the factory battery right. from GM. If it's blue well, that's an aftermarket. So, if you're looking at a Jonah Motors product and it's seven years old and it's mm-hmm. got a, a black and gray label, it says AC Doco, that's, that's the same battery that came on the assembly line. Well, mm. if you buy that vehicle, guess what you should do first? Go put it's a battery. <laughs> that's, I mean, that's not a deal breaker because then you know, right. hey, this battery is, is brand new. But if you see a, because a lot of times what they'll do is they'll start with the alphabet. So, A is January, B is February, and then they'll put a number. So, for example, if it's like an A7, that probably means the battery was made January 2017. Right. So, that's ways that ways you can tell. Because if you pop the hood and you see, you know, A0, well, it was probably made January 2000. Well, the battery is only a year old, so I don't mm. have to worry about that.
0: Mm. That's a really good point. <laughs> I mean, I never even really thought about that because it's, you know, that's just another, another cost.
1: Well, yeah. it's going to be a surprise, you know, you never know when the battery is going to go. They don't, they don't look, they don't put up a red flag, yellow flag and say, caution, you need to replace me. No, you come out and it's click, 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 click. I mean, they just, they yeah. just go like that.
0: I'll tell you another, well, and I, we can maybe even make a whole new episode about this, but flood damage vehicles are becoming more and more prevalent uh, because, you know these these massive floods the, the vehicles have sure. to be more and some of the ways that you know you can tell on those because i've i've been on the news and, and telling people about this you know the bolts around the seats rusted the seat belts rusted having stains on your seat belt from water smelling musty smell i mean Cause they can, they can clean up the car. I mean, like you can detail a car and it's going to be like, wow, you know, this, this vehicle looks amazing. But when it comes to the, you know, when you, when there's rust, like on the, the metal, like the steel and that in the car, and the seat tracks, that car's probably been, been underwater.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, you can even look under the hood. I mean, if you see yeah. rust all over the under the hood, um, the strut towers on front wheel drive vehicles is yeah. a dead giveaway. If, if, or well, that's, you know, you should put up your radar that, you know, Hey, cause if there's rust in one place, there's rust. Now, some are just Hondas, old, Hondas and Toyotas actually are known for rusted struts. I see it all the time. Hmm. Um, that doesn't necessarily mean, Hey, just walk away, run away. But right. uh, if I see it on like a general motors product or a Ford product, then, that's a red flag, but some, I just see so many of them like that. It's not a, it doesn't, it's not, doesn't raise my attention. It's just, eh, that's just typical.
0: Yeah. Yeah. The, the, the rust is a, is a huge thing, but I think it's important, you know, just, those are some just great tips to, to look at when you are going to buy a car. What about if you're selling a car, what do you think like, the most important things people should convey in their ad about their maintenance.
1: Yeah. Um, regular oil changes, you know, absolutely. Uh, tires. Yeah. I'm you know, kind of going on, but it's just going to jump back real quick on the passing is if, if, if people have good tires on the car, chances are they've taken the rest of the regular car. Yeah. People spend money on tires. They're going to spend money on the rest of the car. Uh, tires is a big thing, you know? Yeah. I mean, if you're selling a car, you know, put, put a set of tires on it. If it needs it, that all of that, I, I put tires on a lot of stuff I sell and it does, you know, help sell. Definitely. Um Just bring the fluids up to level. I mean, if you're selling it, you know, you may not want to change them, but at least, you know, bring them up so they're all full. So the person's looking at it, at least gets a vehicle with, you know, with full tires uh, or full
0: fluids. I mean, yeah, I know what you meant. I said full tires. I know what you mean. Well, you want them to have full tires too. Yeah, yeah. And the flux capacitor, make sure that works. Yeah. And the, the blinker fluid is
1: <laughs> yeah. Muffler bearings. <laughs> but you know, I, I I mean, maybe take it to a maybe take it to a, a shop and, and you know, have them give it a once over. Hey, I'm you know, thinking about selling this. I mean, I mean, I think really when somebody's selling it, it depends on what's your conscious level at.
0: You well, know, some I'm not to interrupt you because my ADD is kicking in, but I think you you just hit a a great point, is that it's just like when you're selling your vehicle and you go to a, a, a licensed technician like yourself and you write up a report, you can show that report to the person buying that vehicle and say, hey, I just had this thing completely gone over top to bottom. Here's the report. Because that's exactly what we do in iAutoAgent. When we're selling a car for somebody, we pay for an independent mechanical inspection to be done on that vehicle for that seller. And we provide that that next buyer that exact report. How much, you know, that goes so far, you know, when you're when you're yeah. selling a car to somebody, I mean that that adds a lot of value to it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Cause then they can say or go get it, stay inspected. You know, in the state of Missouri, we have yeah. safety and emissions inspections. And I mean, I'm selling everything through the license, but I've told other people get it inspected because that means the next person that they buy it, you know, those inspections are good for one in the state of Missouri, one registration. You could put Mickey mouse on there at one, two, three Sesame street. The state doesn't care. Right. You know, it just goes with, it goes with the car. So yeah, if you're selling your car in the state of Missouri out of your driveway, get that thing inspected because You advertise that, comes inspected. The next person doesn't have to worry about any of that. They know they can buy it, go pay the sales tax, get plates, and they're rolling.
0: People want a turnkey. It's just like a house. Mm -hmm. Nobody wants to go into a house and then fix like fix a furnace or or fix an air conditioner or you know, the 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 stove doesn't work, whatever it may be. People don't want that. And you're talking like I mean, not, not a ton, ton of money to do the things that you're, that you're saying.
1: Yeah. Do. yeah. AC doesn't blow cold, have it topped off.
0: You know, do a, it do a detail on the vehicle.
1: Yeah. Clean it. Oh yeah. I get all my vehicles detailed. Yeah. It makes all the difference in the world.
0: So, I mean, I think we could have a whole nother topic on selling the car and, you know, what, what to do and, and, and the whole nine yards. But, um, I think that really covers pretty much everything is what, you know the maintenance things that you need to be looking for when you're buying a car and then all the different things when you're selling the car, what you should do when you're selling that car and those the responsibilities you should have doing it because there's something called ROI, return on investment. And when you put tires on a car, you're gonna get your money back and then some, you will. Absolutely, you will. You're going to get your money back if you put a detail, you know, for 150, 250 bucks, whatever it is, to detail a car. Those are some things that you're definitely going to get your money back on um, when you're when you're selling your car. And if you if you skip over those things, you're going to it's going to wind up costing you your in your price anyway. So you could either pay for it now or pay for it later.
1: Yeah, which one is less or two evils.
0: Yeah, we're we're kind of getting to the end here, Dave. Um, what uh, what is the next topic for our audience? And we really want to hear from you guys too, and and hear the different things that you want to know about. Put it in the comments section. Um, what are some of the topics, the burning questions you have? Um, buying, selling cars, maintenance, anything automotive related. Put them in the questions because. This, this show's for you. This is to provide you good, solid, quality information. Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, well, the next topic is we're going to keep going with the maintenance theme because we had a lot of people ask about you know how to maintain a car. Yeah. Well, all these shops are pushing these fluid flushes. Oh, yeah. And, and all of that. So that's next on our list is we're going to keep running with the maintenance theme.
0: All right that'll be great. And I know that you'll have a lot to say about that, you know, the snake oil that, uh, people are get, <laughs> trying to get sold, you know? Yeah.
1: Yeah. That's well, possible.
0: well, very good, man. Well, um, that, that marks the end of the, the episode and we'll be talking more about maintenance and, uh, how to not get taken advantage with buying snake oil.
1: <laughs> All right, yeah, I appreciate your time today.
0: All right. Take care, buddy. See ya. Later.